advanced Parkinson's disease and movement disorders. We're going to talk about what to do next on the Scope Radio. This is Tom Miller. Access to our experts with in-depth information about the biggest health issues facing you today. The Specialists with Dr. Tom Miller is on the Scope. Hi, I'm here today with Dr. Lauren Schrock. She's an assistant professor in neurology and in charge of the Movement Disorders Program. And Lauren, we're going to talk about sort of advanced Parkinson's. I think it's pretty well known that after a period of time, a lot of folks who responded to medications and treatment of their Parkinson's start not doing as well on the medications. And I think the thing that we would like to talk with you about today is that there are new therapies and those involve deep brain stimulation. When should a patient maybe start thinking about this option of treatment and who they should be working with if they're thinking about this option for treatment? When medications start causing complications is often the term we use in Parkinson's specialists. Basically, over time, medicines don't last as long and they wear off in between doses and people can develop dyskinesias, which is... What, what is yeah, what is a yeah. dyskinesia for our listeners? Dyskinesia <laughs> is an extra involuntary movement. It almost looks like a wiggling and a squirming. The most um, known person who pe- most people have seen have this issue publicly would be Michael J. Fox, that wiggling back and forth. That is something that can be caused by a combination of both having the Parkinson's disease and also having uh, taken Parkinson's disease medication. So over now, did time- Ma- Muhammad Ali have a deep brain stimulation device implanted? Do you know? No, Muhammad Ali did not, as far as I know. Um, he His Parkinson's is likely thought to be a secondary Parkinson's disease related to the multiple hits to the head. And in that type of Parkinson's disease that's caused by something else, it's not expected to respond to deep brain stimulation. Okay. And that's Good a know. Uh, you know, very important point about when a person is considering, you know, should I have deep brain stimulation? Because there are many things that go into predicting whether someone will respond well to deep brain stimulation and how they will do afterwards. So tell us about how someone dis- makes the decision about inquiring on this new type of treatment. I'm going to actually start with one and explain what it is a little bit more. If you imagine almost like a brain pacemaker in the same way that people have pacemakers to help their heart keep beating, in Parkinson's disease, there is something called deep brain stimulation where a wire is placed deep down within the brain. When it's in place, it's often not very visible. Some neurosurgeons pay a lot of attention to aesthetics of it and others put it in the way it was designed, so to speak. So, With deep brain stimulation, first thing you want to do when you're considering asking the question of whether it'd be appropriate is you'd want to see a specialist in Parkinson's disease. That would be a type of neurologist who specifically has done specialized training in things like Parkinson's disease and tremors. Both medications and in the deep brain stimulation. Yes, and medications, because many of my colleagues who are involved heavily in DBS, uh, like myself, really will say the most important visit is the visit with the Parkinson's specialist, or we call a movement disorder specialist, because it's not uncommon for me to be able to work with a patient and actually say, oh, why don't you try this medication change? And then they call and say, oh, cancel that uh, neurosurgery idea, which is deep brain stimulation. So that must mean you also have close ties to the surgeons who implant the deep brain stimulation devices. Is that correct? 
Absolutely. So you're working with them pretty much hand in glove to design a therapy and treatment for the patient. Absolutely, because our goal is to have good outcomes in all patients we select. And so we have special selection procedures to be able to ensure that voiding any complications with the surgery, as can happen with any type of surgery, that patients are going to do well and have improvement in the symptoms that they want to have improvement with. Now, what percentage of, of patients that you see will benefit from a deep brain stimulation device. Usually when we think about a patient who's going to be ready for deep brain stimulation, it's someone who, despite optimizing their medicines, is having lots of ups and downs where their medicines are wearing off and they've developed dyskinesias. And they also have not developed significant problems with memory and thinking. Early on in DBS, most centers would say maybe 10% of those patients who were referred for deep brain stimulation would actually be candidates. Say one out of 10. Yeah. One out of 10. Okay. However, um, I would say that our regional neurologists are very well educated around here. And I would say that 70% of the patients who are referred to me specifically for the question of deep brain stimulation end up going on into deep brain stimulation within two years of that referral. So I really feel fortunate here. We have great neurologists in the area who really know what the indications are for the the therapy. Once this is put in, you're able, just like with a pacemaker for the heart, to make adjustments in the way that you provide the treatment. Yeah, absolutely. So this is not straightforward like uh, medication sometimes can be. What you have is with deep brain stimulation, you place this wire, but it's it's going into a, a target in the brain that's about three by six by six millimeters. And that target in the brain has several different sub areas that we have to get into. And so we have to get into little motor subterritory. So any error more than two millimeters in our targeting is the difference between a success and a failure of a surgery. And so I'm dependent so much on the skills, excellent skills of the surgeon for my ability to have great outcomes. And you say great outcomes. Tell me about that, because you've got this person now that's sort of resistant to the medications and they've got the dyskinesias, as you've mentioned. What do they see happening if it works? This only helps with what they call the motor symptoms of Parkinson's disease. So deep brain stimulation helps with tremor, slowness of movement, stiffness in the muscles, as well as dyskinesias. And so if you imagine a person with Parkinson's disease who's been taking medications for several years, when the medications now are only lasting every two to three hours, some people only one hour before they wear off, they can't count on any certain time. They can't go to a play and expect to be able to, they don't know if they're going to be able to get up and go home. And so what deep brain stimulation can do is by helping control these symptoms, it can really give the person confidence in their day that they're not going to go somewhere and get stuck. They're not going to go somewhere and start to have these wild dyskinesias that are going to be embarrassing for them. So really, it's more of a smoothing out of the symptoms during the day. How long can one expect to see that benefit from the deep brain stimulator? There's been growing research looking at the length of time and what symptoms are helped as time goes on. The early studies were one to three years out and showed there was very good persistence of benefits. Then we have now five-year and some 10-year studies. And what they show is for the symptoms that we expect it to benefit, such as tremor, the dyskinesias, those 
continue to be well controlled even at 10 years. Immediately after deep brain stimulation, we often reduce medications anywhere from 30 to 80%. But we have to gradually increase those medicines over time. What does gradually get worse is the slowness of movement. We aren't able to keep up with that as much as we are uh, as with tremor. And then the symptoms that DBS doesn't help in the first place, and those include balance, speech, freezing of gait where they get stuck and they can't keep moving, and memory and thinking issues. So all these things that DBS didn't help in the beginning, at 10 years out, those are the major issues. But still, this is a great therapy to help people live a better life. Absolutely. As far as quality of life, all of the studies that have looked at comparing optimization of medications or best medication management versus deep brain stimulation in patients with Parkinson's disease have shown much better quality of life in those with DBS as compared to medicines alone. Many patients will explain to me they feel like their their disease has been taken back five or 10 years. It sounds like if you're a patient with Parkinson's or a physician's uh, taking care of a patient with Parkinson's and they're starting to develop dyskinesias and they've been on the medications and they've been increasing the doses of the medications and things just aren't getting better, it probably is time to consider referring them to a movement disorder specialist in neurology. Earlier referrals are always better because it, we're never going to recommend surgery before it's needed and we can always provide education so you know when the time might be right. Have a question about a medical procedure? Want to learn more about a health condition? With over 2,000 interviews with our physicians and specialists, there's a pretty good chance you'll find what you want to know. Check it out at thescoperadio.com. Thank you.